0: everybody's calling them joy cons uh hilarious <laughs> that that's like how how quickly the tables have turned um. hey everybody welcome back to the nerd nest podcast i'm bill today i am joined by of course we've got russ kyle and carrie gentlemen how has your week been kyle we'll start with you what's going on man
1: Uh, I'm pretty busy in the middle of moving, uh, overseas, but other than that, I'm doing pretty well. That's awesome. Carrie. what's shaking? What's new? Um, things are new. Uh, I'm trying
2: just going step by step, uh, putting the, the, the the rails, the rails in front of the train as the train's going. That's kind of all I can do.
0: (laughs) Building the train or building the plane while it's in the air is, uh, something that we say at my job all the time. Uh, Russ, what's going on these days, man? Anything new? I'm good. I, I finally
3: feel like I'm caught up from the trip that we took last month. Like I'm back in my groove, like making videos and things like that. I've, I've released two huge review videos over the past week, and so uh, I'm going to take it easy and do some low key videos this next week. But yeah, it's been it's been great.
0: And uh, everybody, make sure you stick around until the end. We'll tell you all about the videos that these guys have put out, so that we can make sure that you guys go watch those. Um, I just got back from New York and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but you know, Russ went on a vacation. We talked about it. Carrie went on a vacation. We talked about it. I figured, well, I finally (laughs) went on my first vacation in a really long time. And I went to New York City. It was really fun. I was trapped on the subway in the dark because they were having trouble getting the the train engine started and i sent a message to bob wolf who's been on the show and i said hey guess what i'm trapped on the subway and he said well whenever you get out of there meet me and zeon from nintendo life over at the jnl games and we'll check out that in a japanese bookstore and so my wife, my son and I and Bob and Zion, we all went and we went so, uh, shopping for a little bit. And then uh, I had a, I think he said it was a Korean hot dog, which was really weird. I wasn't a huge fan. Uh, I didn't get it with the sugar. My wife got it with the sugar. She liked it better. I should have gotten the sugar. Uh, and then I just spent the, the, the next few days just wandering around New York City with my family. It was really, really fun. And I've been there before and I didn't see anything. This time that I saw last time and I still feel like I didn't see anything at all. So uh, I can't wait to go back again and maybe maybe next time I'll be able to hang out with Carrie a little bit because uh, you're from there. Uh, but it just was not in the cards this time. Uh, but hey, we're not here to talk about uh, travel. Today we're going to talk about video games. Uh, before we get started, in the video today, throughout the video, look in Russ's background. There's a little TV there and there's a game playing. Right, and uh, we're gonna, you know, if you figure out what that game is, let us know in the comment section down below. Uh, for the audio listeners, I will play a set, a little section of audio from that game at the end, so that we can, so the audio listeners can can have some fun with this too. Uh, so look forward to that, and also look forward to uh, comments that were submitted by uh, some viewers. Uh, one of the topic or the topics that we're going to be talking about today. Is uh, what what it is? How we use the Steam Deck docked, and so look forward to that later. But first, let's talk about what we've been playing. Kyle, what games have you been playing this week, man?
1: Uh, mostly Persona Five Royal. Uh, I'm like 120 hours into it. I still have like three or four months in game, which, as I understand it, is like 20 or 30 percent. Um, yeah, it's been a great time. Great soundtrack. Love the interface. Um, lots of fun.
0: So are are you like one of those guys that plays one game and only one game and you just stick with that game until you're, excuse me, until you're done? Or do you dabble a bit in a bunch of stuff usually?
1: Until very recently, I dabbled in about 40 games at once, but I never got anything (laughs) done. So I'm making a concerted effort to not start anything else until Persona 5 is done.
0: Awesome. What have you been playing, Russ?
3: Uh, so I am a dabbler now, but I used to not be. So I, I used to play like one game at a time and very focused. But now I've been dabbling. Except for this past week, I've been playing a lot of Ocarina of Time on the Nintendo 3DS. And that's because I was reviewing a device called the Retroid Pocket 2S. So it's like a 4 by 3 based device. And it's good enough as far as power to play that game, and so I was like, Well, let me really push it because someone's going to say, Oh, you didn't get to Hyrule Field or whatever. And so I ended up playing it for a few hours and got you know pretty far in the game, further than I ever have in Ocarina of Time. And uh, it's been an interesting experience. I actually, uh, did not, uh, it's, it, I was not as good at that game as I thought I would be. You know, it's an older game, so I thought oh, it will be just fine, you know, be able to knock it out, but. No, it's uh, it's not intuitive. And so there have been times I've had to go on the Internet and say, how do I get to this next part? You know, I'm sure people use maybe Nintendo Power or just word of mouth back in the day. But for me, I was I was surprised that I had to Google how to get further in that one particular game.
0: But otherwise, it's been pretty good. Wait till you get to the water temple. Um, That's all Mm. I have to say about that. (laughs) But um, I played through that entire game on the 3DS and I adored it. It is uh, you're not playing in 3D, but that is the definitive way to play. It is so good in 3D. And most games on the 3DS, I always just kept the slider down. But with Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, I I put the slider up so that I could see it in 3D. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. I love that. I never really liked playing 3DS games in emulation because that second screen is always like, like a little tiny square off to the side. How do you feel about that, Russ? Are you a fan of that? So, yeah, usually I just tend to only play games that I can I
3: can see one screen at a time. So with this one, because it's a four by three aspect ratio, I just have it set as a hot key. So if I press down on R3, it'll just swap between the two. And it's a touch screen, so I can just tap on it when I need to. So in Ocarina of Time, it's really just when I need to change out my weapon or if I want to save the game is really only the times I need to tap on it and look at that other screen. So it's been fine. But yeah, I would definitely not want to play like a dual screen kind of game at all.
0: Do, do you guys think uh, that we'll ever see an emulation device like a clamshell emulation device that has two screens to better emulate that kind of stuff? What do you think about that, Carrie?
2: Uh, So there was a company that made concept devices that were all vaporware. They're called PGS labs. They were Mm. actually, uh, this is the time when the GPD win one came out. So this is seven years ago at this point, six years ago at this point. Uh, So they made some concept renders uh, using Intel Atom as their thing. As far as I know, there actually is one version of this that was actually physically made. Someone actually sent me pictures of it. Uh, I never reported on it because it was just bogus. Um, so it, it does exist in some capacity, but yeah, they do have, there was a dual screen windows PC, uh, that was going to be a handheld, uh, at least it fig, you know, it, figuratively speaking. Um, I have heard people mention it a few times, uh, wanting that, like when in a clamshell device, they always want to have a, a, a bottom screen and I, I don't know. I'm, I don't really care so much. Um, 3DSs are cheap. They're easy to hack. So I would just probably just go that route. It's kind of the same problem that we had in like the uh, the 2010s is that the PSP was the best handheld to get forever. It was like the only retro handheld that you would actually get because anything that was out, like the Wiz, the uh, GP32X, um, the Dingu, uh, they were all kind of crap. Um, especially they were expensive and they basically went up to super Nintendo emulation and the PSP was just leagues better and played PSP games. So they were very, very, very uh, niche. Um, yeah. Um, I've heard many people mention it. It's odd that we don't have really a clamshell um, handheld. The only person that ever made it was basically GPD with the XD and now the retro pocket flip. Uh, but all of them are kind of just doing a very simple flip interface where it's just controller. Um, I don't know. It would be interesting. I don't know how well Android would handle it. It's probably that there's just a software layer that they don't want to tackle. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so
3: I'm, I'm actually working on a video. Uh, I don't know if it'll be done this week, but probably the next week. Uh, but it's with the Surface Duo 2. So that's a clamshell phone, right? It has two big screens, and they're both 4 by 3 aspect ratio. Oh. So they, it's actually excellent for 3DS and 2DS ga- or just DS gaming because you can put both screens on each side, and it, it's wonderful. Like, it looks so good uh and because it's it also it's not just a clamshell but it can go all the way like 100 or 360 degrees so you can turn it into just like one big four by three as well so you put that into a controller as well and it's amazing for like gamecube and stuff like that as well like it's just huge and so it's honestly the ultimate android handheld if you don't mind like having a like a telescopic controller hooked up to it uh and so that's kind of going to be the take of my video is like there's already an amazing experience right here it is super expensive, though. I think they discontinued that phone, so it's like six, seven hundred dollars on the uh, aftermarket. So it's a lot. It's a lot of money
0: to play three <laughs> DS games, but it yeah. is pretty cool. Well, Carrie, what have you been playing this week?
2: Um, truth be told, I haven't really been playing much. The only thing that I've been dabbling in is uh, Hearthstone, and that's just because their new expansion came out. So whenever that happens, I always just kind of mess around in there for a little bit, and it you know, kind of sinks its teeth into me. Uh, just my attention-wise so that is probably what i've been playing a little bit here and there but mostly i've been just kind of going through everything i possibly can trying to reorganize things trying to optimize and uh be as efficient as possible as i can with everything youtube wise um that's where most of my attention has been uh but also to answer your question before a dabbler or a mainliner i'm definitely a dabbler now uh a big time also because of game pass but in a long long ago i was a mainliner uh we we talk about talking about Ocarina enough time. I bought that back in like ninety seven or ninety six or whatever, and played through that nonstop. But that was a different time, right? Like that was a time when like you only bought one game. So yeah, right. uh, that that's basically just I think how things were.
0: Yeah, but especially yeah. for the N sixty four because they were they were so expensive.
2: Yep. Yeah, and very very little releases. When they when it launched, it was Pilot Wings and Super Mario sixty four, and that was your choices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so I'm I'm honestly I'm a little surprised you hadn't played. Uh, did you did you try out Quake Two Remastered this week?
2: So I downloaded Quake Two. Uh, I haven't played it at all. I wanted to go into it. Truth be told, I was never a big Quake Two fan. I felt like it was a departure from Quake One that I wasn't feeling. Uh, Quake One was such an erratic game that was just like filled with chaos. And I'm, I'm talking more about like the, the death map, uh, like deathmatch type of stuff, mm-hmm. but like multiplayer. But even the single player, once you really got into it, it was frantic. It was You were just like really good. It was speed incarnate. Uh, so when I played Quake 2 and the initial starting gum has this like, you know, pew, like you're shooting flares. <laughs> yes. I was just like, what is this? <laughs> Uh, it was like an immediate turnoff to me, and like literally within like a minute or so, I was just like, "I don't want to play this." So I didn't even give it the time of the day. To be quite honest, um, I do want to play it, uh, but I I've never played Quake too earnestly.
0: If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. I was playing it earlier today. That gun is terrible. It is a horrible, <laughs> horrible experience. And as soon as you get yeah. the shotgun or a rifle or whatever, the other guns and stuff that I've gotten so far, uh, immediately step it steps it up and makes it more fun. So uh, I would give it a shot. The game is very, very fast, And except for that gun. That gun is slow, but like the movement is fast, like all shooters of that day were. Um, but it's, it's very, it's, it's refreshing. I don't know if it belongs on a controller though, because no. I feel like, cause I'm playing it on my Xbox cause I don't like mouse and keyboard and I feel like I'm having trouble hitting stuff just because of how fast my character moves, not how fast the game itself is, but my character feels like they are zipping along at a thousand miles per hour because of it's that, it's that, um, it's that time in gaming history when all the shooters felt really, really fast. So I don't know if I'll go back to it on my Xbox. Uh, and I'm not a mouse and keyboard guy, so I probably won't play it anymore. But um, it's, it, it's really cool. And uh, I, I do think that you would probably enjoy it if you get past that initial terrible, terrible gun. Um, <laughs> excuse me. The other game that I've been playing... Uh, is Baldur's Gate 3, some more of it. But and I don't want to talk about the single player stuff at all. Um right before I went on vacation, I got together with some friends and we did multiplayer for Baldur's Gate 3 and it was amazing. Now, if you're worried about spoilers, don't worry about spoilers at all. Um I just want to talk about like this one experience. There's an area where there's some bad guys, right? And Uh, Through an action that I took, uh, a hole in the ground opens up during this fight. And then one of my friends, like they fall down in the hole. And they're like, oh, guys, I'm in combat. And in Baldur's Gate 3, combat is turn-based. He's in in turn-based combat. And the rest of us are up above, not in combat, just kind of wandering around and stuff. So we're like, "Okay, don't do anything just sit there and wait for a second while we plan this out. So we figure, okay, you know, we'll do this and we'll do that. And then we hop down in the hole. Uh, we go through a bunch of turns. Uh, one of my friends uses thunder wave or thunder weave. I can't remember what it's called. It's like this big area of effect spell. And he destroys a barrel of oil. And we're all, like, looking through our inventory because it's turn-based, so you have time for that. We're all looking through our, through our inventory for something to light it on fire, right? And we're, <laughs> nobody has anything. And finally, I'm like, oh, my God, dude, there's a candle over there. Grab that candle, like, walk four feet, grab the candle, turn around, and throw it, and it'll light all the dudes on fire because all the bad guys are standing in this puddle of oil. And so he grabs it, and he throws it. And it lands vertically. <laughs> it doesn't set anything on fire. It was hilarious. We all ended up getting killed, and then we went back and did it again because the save point was as soon as he had fell- fallen in there. So we had to we had to do it again. Um, but it is it is an amazing experience, and I was worried that the multiplayer experience would not be as good as the single player experience because you know you got a bunch of clowns running around doing stuff while you're trying to focus on the story or whatever. I was wrong. It's amazing. This might be better than Tears of the Kingdom. It's so good. I cannot wait to talk more about this game once you guys have had had a chance with it. It's ridiculously good. Now, before the show, Russ, you were talking about you just you decided to buy it, but you haven't picked it up yet. What made you change your mind? Because last week you were a little lukewarm and you're like, I don't even know what that is.
3: Yeah, you know, it's uh, exactly right. Like, I don't even know what a Baldur's Gate is, but now I know it's a city or whatever. But the thing is, like, I, I watched the IGN video review and... I haven't watched one of those in a long time uh, just because quality hasn't been that great lately. This was a really good review and it actually sold me on the game. The guy himself like did 120 hours in the game before making the review. So he knew what he was getting into, what he was talking about. I was just really well informed and it reminded me a lot of older IGN videos from like 10 years ago that used to be like really cream of the crop. And so I just, I don't know, that kind of convinced me. I'm like, okay, I am going to buy this game now. And so that's, that's pretty cool. Like usually when I watch something like that, other people don't, like, convince me of something. Usually I will convince myself, you know, but at that point someone else convinced me. But I do still have some hesitation about it. One of the things, and I'll, uh, I guess the question is for you, Bill, is, like, when I was looking at the footage, it looked like there was a lot of clicking involved. Like, it's just a lot of mouse movements and clicking and stuff. Like, But then I also hear that people say that you can play on the Steam Deck. So how like what would you recommend playing on is it a pc game like played on a computer or is it something you could play on a handheld
0: well so you're not wrong um you you do do you do a lot of mouse clicking if you're playing at a desktop you it has a complete Mm. controller interface if you want to use that in early access the controller interface was super jank uh but it's not Mm. anymore it's really good i like it a lot um And I've been going back and forth. Like, if I'm over at the couch sitting down, I'm usually playing on the TV. I don't like to play it on my Steam Deck too much just because I don't know. I feel like I can't see all the detail that they've put into this game because the screen is so small, although it runs it just fine. Um, But, like, if I'm sitting over on the couch, I'm using an Xbox controller and I can do everything that everybody else is doing. Um, If I'm sitting here at the table, uh, you know, I, I use a mouse and. Uh, What I usually find myself is I'm kind of leaned back in this chair here. And I really only like sit up to use WASD to move the camera around. But most of the time, I'm just sitting there with just one hand on the mouse, just kind of clicking on stuff. So it's not like Hmm. in an old school Diablo game where it's like click, 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 click. It's just like you click where you want to go. The character walks over there. You might interact with a couple of objects. It is a better experience in mouse and keyboard because it's easier to do some of the things that you wanna do, but you can mm-hmm. do everything on a controller that you can on a keyboard and mouse. And uh, it, like it, it you'll be successful either way. Which way are you leaning? You prefer to play it with a controller? I I'd really just, yeah, I mean, I in
3: general, I like to play with a controller, but I want to play this game like how it was meant to be played. And to me, yeah, it sounds like it's probably going to be more of a mouse and keyboard kind of experience. And that's kind of a bummer just in the sense that I don't have a lot of time at my desk to play computer games. Uh, and so I tend to prefer handheld games just because I can play them more often. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like the idea that it sounds like you can just kind of cross save and then just adapt as you go. And so that might be something I end up doing.
0: I will say. Uh, I've been I played it some on GeForce now and my saves like they take forever to upload my saves Mm -hmm. using Steam cloud save or whatever uh, to upload my saves from GeForce now. And then when I go to play it on my computer, like it just takes all friggin day. And honestly, you don't need GeForce now for it. It, it. It plays it plays great on there, 4K, 120 frames per second or whatever. It's it's great, whatever. Um, my 2060 looks fine. Like I'm playing it at 1440, mm. 60 frames per second, not on ultra, but it, it looks great. Especially if you're sitting across the room on a couch. Um, but I, I have been having issues with with uh, cross saves. That's been kind of irritating to me. And some people have said it's because Larian has their own cross save stuff, and Steam Cloud has their own cross save stuff, and it's kind of like I don't know somebody's crossing the streams or whatever Uh, but whatever's (laughs) happening it's it's it is a frustrating experience so I'm gonna stop playing it on GeForce now and just play it on my computer Um, but it's it's just such a such a good game and it deserves all the attention that it's getting although I will have one complaint and that's that like when I'm looking for new stuff to talk about on the show it's like every website I go to 800 articles about Baldur's Gate 3 just (laughs) Loop that stuff off in a box someplace so I could stop seeing it for crying out loud. Uh, oh my God. Uh, Carrie, uh, Kyle, have you guys played Baldur's Gate 3 yet or are you still thinking about? It? Well, no, Kyle, I know you're doing Persona
2: 5. Carrie? Uh, yes, yeah, so I played BGS 3 uh, in Early Access a while ago. Uh, played it on Handheld first. This is year when the Win 3 was still out. So I have a video of me playing uh, Baldur's Gate 3 on the Win 3. And it was unfortunate because all of the text was, like, microscopic and impossible to see. And I know that they've made font size uh, changes. So I haven't played it since then. Um, But I'm at the moment where I am not going to get it just because I know I'm going to be deep into Starfield. So I am Mm -hmm. just waiting for Starfield at this point. And then I'll go through Starfield and I'll pick up BGS3 later on. And Starfield, September 7th? september 1st for people that buy the premium version um but yeah september 6th for regular okay all right
0: all right well let's move on to the news and uh we've got a bunch of stuff and i want to i'm gonna have russ why don't you pick one of these uh one of these stories here uh for us to talk about
3: yeah i want to talk about the lenovo handheld the legion go like that thing uh it's it's we've only seen some images so far but it is interesting i know carrie made a video on it uh i'm really excited about the inputs the options that we have that scroll wheel on the back of the like joystick thing they have or the joy con thing um yeah i am interested to see how that's going to work out uh especially when it comes to like games where you can scroll between weapons like you're playing a first-person shooter game that's going to be super handy
0: yeah, I have the alpaca controller and I, I don't have it nearby. It's probably off in, in my cabinet over there. Um that has a scroll wheel, which is really cool for uh weapon selection, but or I thought it would be really cool for weapon selection, but I tend to go past the weapon that I'm that I want. So like I go I wanna switch to the shotgun or whatever, and I go past it, and I find mm. that like the games where you just hold a button and it brings up a weapon wheel i feel like those are it, like that's a better interface for selecting your weapons um but then again i'm also not a mouse and keyboard guy when it comes to playing first person shooters so maybe that's maybe that's just me um For me, like looking at this thing, I have so many questions about the inputs. Like the reason I got so excited about the Steam Deck because of Steam Input. It lets you do whatever the hell you wanted with whatever game you wanted to play. Like you could do it whatever you wanted. And this has so much more than the Steam Deck. Like there's a scroll wheel, there's um, paddles for your fingers, But then they have like these weird buttons on the side, like the M1 and M2 buttons that are on the other on the outside. Kyle, when I look at that, it does it make you think like I'm going to hit these things by accident all the time?
1: Uh, Yes, literally constantly. Uh, That was my first thought when I saw the renders. I was just like, as a guy with big hands, I'm going to be holding these buttons at all times. So I'm probably going to have to unbind them. Uh, so I definitely think this thing is going to live or die by the software that it provides. Um, if it could do something like Armory Crate or yeah, Steam Input, that would probably be the best. But I don't know that I, I've seen Lenovo pull something that intricate off. So I'm I'm hesitantly excited.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm the same way. I am hesitantly excited about it too.
1: Uh, also, the back paddles—they
0: have they're. On the right-hand side, they have them next to each other. And on the left-hand mm-hmm. side, they're vertical to each other. And my brain, I prefer <laughs> symmetry. So that makes no sense to me. Carrie, does that make any sense to you for the reason that they would, would put them like that? And the, the M3 button, I think it is. I can't really see it here. The M3 button, I feel like that's another one I'm going to hit by, my, by accident all the time
2: uh yeah so uh when i did my initial video just kind of going through all the things that were like obvious uh like the upward firing speakers um those are the types of things that you can kind of like just navigate through what they are but on the bottom of it there was like two things on the bottom everyone said it was a lanyard hole and i was like this is way too large to be a lanyard hole but it was it turns out is an fps switch and then there's some type of sensor Uh, So it remains to be seen what that sensor does and how that interfaces with the FPS switch. Um, But it looks like what Lenovo is doing is that the right Joy-Con is the mouse interface for the console itself. So if the FPS switch is on, think of it like a Joy-Con or a Wiimote where it will have some type of gyroscope a gyroscope type of feature where you, you flip that on and then you can navigate. So now those extra buttons on where you're holding it actually do something. Uh, so that's my how I envision it at the current time. Uh, it remains to be seen how it works in practice, but that FPS switch probably is what enables or disables those buttons and accidentally pressing them will or will not matter is how I envision it.
0: That makes so much sense. That's why they're called M1 and M2 buttons. So, yeah. Yeah. oh, so you could hold it like this
2: and move it around like a mouse? Potentially in the air or something or on. Yeah, in some manner, you'll be able to use it as a mouse. So Lenovo is banking on this thing. Also, there was a a leak of like some of the specs. Someone said it's going to have a 1600 uh, P display, 2560 by 1600. Uh, on an 8-inch right. display, which is a non-ideal for the chipset that's there. However, the Z1E portion of it is at least so far leaked is that it's going to have uh, 7,500 transfers instead of like the Ally 6,400 transfers. So that w- should be an improvement over the Ally. Uh, so that remains to be seen. However, even with the improvement that it is, you're not going to run any modern gain at 1,600p. The good news is, is that because it's 1600p we should be able to just do 800p and cypher over on the GPD Discord um he goes pretty nuts so he actually hacked in integer scaling on the GPD Win Max 2 and also the Win 4 I believe GPD Win Max 2 definitely uh which is not available on AMD's Radeon mobile side it is on desktop side but not on the mobile side but he hacked in integer scaling anyway. So you could just do 800p integer scaling via AMD's Radeon control panel hacked in. And that looks really good when scaled to, you know, you're 16, you know, just doubling the, the pixels. So in that regard, I'm like, okay, well, as long as we can do that, we can fix that portion. Uh, but otherwise, running at 800p and just interpolating scale, it just looks blurry as all get out. Um, right. So it, the thing is, is that I've had multiple people always mention this, like, uh, surface like functionality for a thing they said all oh, those controllers should come off and i should be able to put like a surface keyboard on there and I'll, I'll have a it's my laptop too and i never really bought that use case especially on such a small screen it is eight inches but now they have this mouse component that goes on the joy con which okay that's cool um i can kind of see that because now you're not also carrying a mouse around with you now you're only carrying around a pretty thin keyboard um so maybe, maybe Lenovo, you know, finds a balance somewhere there where they can extend the functionality of it um, in that in that way. So that's that's cool. Uh, yeah. But
0: maybe the maybe yeah. the kickstand comes off and it's got keyboard buttons hidden underneath um, <laughs> the, the kickstand looks great, um, m- m- like the OLED switch instead of like the mm. original switch, which is fantastic. Do, did you guys? How many of you guys actually played games on the Switch using the kickstand? Like, how often did you guys? uh, So, Carrie, uh, uh, Russ, and Kyle are shaking their heads. Never. What about you, Carrie? Never.
2: I have. Um,. It was weird. I was actually. I was uh, Nintendo invited me to go take a look at the the Switch before it released, and I went to uh, in New York. I went there, and when they first showed it off, the guy like ripped it off on purpose. He was like, "Look at this!" And I'm like, "All right, well, it doesn't look like that good of a like a kickstand still. Like, I think you should have made a bigger kickstand." But he was really (laughs) really happy with that. Like, I think. I think it's awful. The switch OLED kickstand is superior Mm -hmm. and everyone knows that. But I think from Nintendo's point of view, they went so focused on like, kids are going to have this thing and they're going to destroy it. So we have to have something that could snap off and snap back on. Mm -hmm. And you know, we make the cartridges taste like something awful so that they don't eat it. (laughs) Uh, It's like all of these, like they have this big, you know, checklist of like, let's protect kids um, or just them from destroying things. So, uh, that's the mindset that we're coming from so i can understand the compromise i still think the switch the kickstand is way better
0: i will say that the i love that when the switch came out and nintendo called them joy cons everyone was like haha you guys called them joy cons what a stupid name and as soon as this thing gets announced everybody's calling them joy cons uh hilarious <laughs> that, that like how how quickly the tables have turned um any other thoughts on the Lenovo What's Legion Go? Legion Go. Legion Go, yeah.
3: So my thought on it is that we have previously talked in other episodes about how uh, handheld PC makers need to do something different to stand out, basically. And this is very much standing out. Like, I don't even know what all these input things do. You know, they got a lot of big ideas. And so I do like this idea because even if they fail at some of these things, we're gonna. We're all gonna learn from it, and mm-hmm. it may mean that you know further on down the line, handheld PCs will be even better, even if this one is a big failure. So I'm happy to see it.
0: Do you guys, uh, Kyle? Do you think that we're gonna get a? They gotta have a dock for this, right?
1: Uh, I would assume so, especially with the USB-C port on the bottom as well. It would be kind of dumb for them to not release a little, a little stand dock thing for it. Um, I'm envisioning uh, now that. Now that Gary said that the um, the FPS switch exists and everything, I'm almost seeing that they could use this in business as like a remote presenter and then have hmm. like the right one be like a, a pointer in business so you can like circle stuff on the screen and like PowerPoints or whatever. I would be surprised if that's not the case.
0: That's very – nobody – I guarantee nobody else has made that prediction – that this is for PowerPoint. I love it. And yes, I know you're not saying that that's what it's for, but people will use it for that. Absolutely. it's
2: yeah. um. good use case. Yeah. I, I mean, the, for me, like, there's this like, weird balance. I don't care if the thing looks like a gaming thing, but the GPU WinMex 2 has these covers that they put over the controllers, mm-hmm. which I don't use ever. But there are people that legitimately are... I don't know, mortified about bringing the GPD Win Max 2 into like work. And they're like, oh, I don't want it to look like a a gaming thing. So they, GPD made these like tiny little metal covers that you can just put over it. So it could just look like a kind of very small laptop. Um, So yeah, I think that's the only thing that I would think that is the, the hurdle here is uh, the, the social norms of, carrying around a gaming handheld thing and be like i'm gonna do my excel thing on this. i think that's i think that's the bigger hurdle even though it's totally a good use case for it
0: yeah that's awesome uh anybody have anything else about the legion go before we go all right we go uh we go to kyle to pick uh, our next topic kyle what, what do we want to talk about today man
1: the steam remote play getting an upgrade
0: awesome so uh, for those of you that don't know um steam has this really cool feature that nobody nobody uses uh called uh, steam remote play where you can sit down Uh, uh, hold on real quick is this this is not just for streaming sync like I'm streaming from my computer, right? This is where I'm streaming split screen gaming to somebody. Am I wrong about that? Because I put this it's in the show notes yeah, two weeks this is ago. For both. both. For, yeah. both. Yeah, okay. for both. Okay. All right. So there's two things that this works with. Number one, you can you've got your computer and you want to play a game on your Steam Deck or on your ROG ally, and you want to it's it's a Steam game. You can say, Well, I don't want to install it on my Steam Deck. I'll just stream it to my Steam Deck. And for that this isn't really that big of an upgrade because you're playing on a small screen, so streaming at 4K, not a big deal. Uh, But for the other use case for Steam remote play, you can be playing a game, and I think, Carrie, you recently did this. Um, Mm -hmm. You can be playing a game, and then you can stream that game to a friend, and they can join you in that game multiplayer. I've done it before with Streets of Rage 4, with a friend, Carrie, you recently played a game this way. What, what game was it? I can't remember. It was a new one. It
2: was the, it was the new Double Dragon. Oh, OK. And what was, that, what
0: was that experience like?
2: Perfect. Absolutely perfect. I was talking to my friend through it. I was like, I was periodically just asking. I was like, "How? how is it for you? He's like, that feels normal. It feels like it's here. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic feature. Uh, only one person needs to buy a game. It's very much like the idea, like it's couch co-op, but you are extending your couch anywhere. Uh, So provided that people are close to you latency-wise, you're going to have a really good experience. Um, But yeah, I've done it from the Steam. I've done it from the Steam Deck specifically for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was a year ago or so at this point. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So I've done it from the Steam Deck. Uh, I've done it from PC. It is a fantastic feature overall and super easy to just, like, as long as they're in your Steam friend, it's just like, you know, Steam Remote play, send it. And then they're just playing. So um, it's a... It's a great feature. It is a really great feature, and I think it's one of those things that, like, you know, everyone gets kind of upset. I'll go on. A, I'll try to wrap this up quick. Everyone is like, Steam is a monopoly and whatever, and this and that and the other. But the truth is, is that Valve is the only one that's doing a good enough job where everyone wants to use it because all the features that are there are great. Also, Steam OS uh, has made everyone's Steam library fantastic on Linux. So it, I don't know. It, Valve Valve has done a fantastic job with all these features. So. Again, big feet, big fan of remote play.
0: Yeah, and the, so up until now, you haven't been able to do it in at 4K. And apparently there is now, um, it, it's currently in beta is my understanding. Uh, there's now a 4K high quality streaming preset. So when you're playing uh, stream, Steam Remote Play, you get to select how much bandwidth essentially that it's gonna be taking up. I've done it on my Steam Deck, and when I did it on my Steam Deck, I purposely selected, you know, let's go for like the lowest quality because I figured my Steam Deck gonna be working really hard to do this and it was wireless. And so we were testing it that way and it worked fine and we never like scaled it up. But now it goes all the way up to 4K. When you were when you were playing what was the game again? Double the new Double Dragon, were were you on your Steam Deck or were you on a regular PC?
2: This is the yeah, my GP2-MX2
0: with my 4090. Oh, oh, so like a regular PC, like, you know, a beefy, a beefy hardware. Um, yeah. And like, so when they were playing this game, you said that they weren't seeing any artifacting or whatever, but do you know what resolution you were playing at at the time?
2: I don't know what resolution I was sending to him at the time. No.
0: Okay. Uh,
2: Russ, have you ever used this feature?
3: I do so I'll I'll do it throughout the house sometimes you know so I will like so my son will be on his computer or whatever we can kind of go back and forth uh and then I always test out you know streaming and stuff like that and using steam link um but never at 4k you know It, it does actually make me interested in saying okay maybe I will get a small pc to hook up to my tv in the living room and then be able to play 4k gaming on that um but I don't know. I, I think this is just a little bit beyond my means in terms of what I like want to spend my money on to get a rig that's going to be capable of doing 4K and streaming across the house. I think that's a little much for me.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't have a computer that can really handle 4K uh, and, on any on any game. Uh, like I said before, I've got a 2060 um, and I really don't have any real motivation to upgrade right now. Um mm-hmm but if i if I if I did have a better dev- uh, better hardware that could stream for that, or that could play four k, I would absolutely be hooking up um like I have two Steam links here in the house. I'd be hooking them up in my other TVs so that I could although they have an apps they have apps now, right, Kyle.
1: What the Steam links?
0: Yeah, Steam link app like mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, like on all the t- all the TVs have like I think it's even on Apple TV for crying out loud. Uh, so I wouldn't even have to hook those things up anymore. Um, Kyle, are you interested in using this feature at all, or is this something that that you're not interested because you're like couch co-op should be on the couch? <laughs> uh,
1: I haven't used Together. I, I'm not an elitist. I just haven't used it yet. Uh, <laughs> but um, I have used Remote Play quite a bit. Uh, I had a very powerful computer in my office, and then I would use uh, I would play on the TV in the living room but i had to buy an nvidia shield just to use the game stream because steam link uh and steam itself wouldn't support 4k at all so Mm -hmm. i think that this would have been great because i could have just hooked up my steam deck on the tv in the living room and then streamed from my other computer since the steam deck's doing very little work um it would have saved me quite a bit of money
0: it's a really important thing because when the Steam Deck first came out, I tried using Steam's remote play feature, and it didn't work as well as something like I think it's called Moon Moonlight.
1: Moonlight, yeah,
0: yeah. I used Moonlight as as it, which leverages like your NVIDIA chipset. So I have, a, a, like I said, a twenty sixty, uh, which has a specific chip chip for encoding video. And so it like it is. If my understanding was that it it encodes the video uh, and then uh, sends it using Nvidia's stuff to, over Moonlight to whatever device that you're playing on, but then Nvidia is basically said, "Hey, we're shutting that stuff down and we're not doing that anymore." Mm-hmm. And so I I haven't used it since. I'm guessing that Moonlight's going to stop working. So it's great that Valve is fixing this.
1: Kyle, you got something to say? There there is something that you can use to replace uh nvidia is killing the server half of it in uh, geforce experience but there's a new app called sunshine which pairs with moonlight and then right. it'll do the same thing if you want to use that rather than steam um but the steam thing is simpler for just about everybody so i would, yep. I would love to see it actually be usable for everybody
3: yeah, I use Sunshine all the time uh, because it'll work on like AMD chips and yeah. uh, it is kind of a pain. You have to like log into your uh, IP address into the server, make an account, like a little username and password, then get in there and set all your settings up. So it is a lot more work than the plug and play experience with Nvidia. Uh, but it, it's nice that it'll continue to work, you know, later on down the line without having to use Steam Link.
0: Yeah, but now that we have uh Steam Link at a higher quality, maybe nobody's going to need to need to do that anymore and it'll just be you know, streamed stream from your computer at yeah. uh, 4K and uh, on your Legion Go Max Pro, whatever the heck that thing's called again. Uh, <laughs> I think that that's going to be awesome. Uh, let's see. Carrie, you got a story you want us to talk about today, man? Sure. Let's go with uh, say goodbye to Xbox 360. Oh, boy. Tell mm. us about this, man. Uh,
2: so uh, the good news here is that the... You can, the backwards compatibility side of things is still going to be available on the series store. So you will still be able to get every Xbox 360 backwards compatible game via the series store after the Xbox 360 store closes down. This is exclusively for on your Xbox 360 original hardware going on the Xbox 360 store. All of the digital content that you could potentially buy from there will be going away. However, everything that you have purchased before will still be downloadable to your 360. So this is kind of an end of an era where kind of like you know, just I' just kind of come a poor one out for that that console because that was a fantastic console. I really felt like everyone that got it there, that that team on Xbox were, were banging on all cylinders, and they did a fantastic job of just making everything as best as they possibly could. And I really loved my 360. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty uh, bittersweet to see it go for the old stuff in so far. But obviously, if you have the discs, those will still work. Uh, but yeah, it's good to know that it's the series side of things are are still up and available. But yeah, poor one out for the OG.
0: Yeah, when Sony tried doing this with PS3, there was a bit of a backlash, and they ended up saying, "All right, fine, we'll leave it going," uh, and then they ended up shutting down PSP stuff instead. Uh, even knowing that that was going to tick people off. And I I would say that it makes a lot more sense to be mad at Sony about that because they're not as good at backwards compatibility stuff as Microsoft has been. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, and I've been wrong a lot, uh, but the Xbox series can play Xbox One, Xbox 360, and Xbox games with very few exceptions.
2: The only it's only a permitted list of games that they have that you can play. Oh, okay. Um, So I was wrong. But that well, the only reason that they have that really is for licensing reasons and working with publishers uh, to allow that list. But even for like the Xbox 360, they had backwards compatibility to the original Xbox. Uh, So the cool thing about that is on hacked Xbox 360s, you can remove that limitation and pretty much emulate every xbox game there will be some that don't work as well but th- you can see by basically hacking a 360 that removing the limitation microsoft's implementation for both are fantastic um even like when you take a look at the xbox one with amd jaguar cores emulating xbox 360 is outrageous how it does it like even that it's possible it is outrageous when you think of how weak those CPUs are. Um, so they have, there's there's some really special sauce going there. But yeah, Microsoft uh, does very good with legacy stuff.
0: Kyle, we've talked about this a bunch of stuff. How do you feel about this with like the disappearance of games and game preservation? I know that you feel very like I, I know that I feel very strongly about this. I think that you also feel very strongly about this. Like, how do you feel about them shutting the 360 version store down if we still have access to it on the on the
1: series? I mean, I would say, fortunately, almost all games from that era have a physical copy with no necessary downloads. Um, of course, like, patches will be lost, which will suck, but it won't be as bad as something like um like i don't know the uh Wii shop shutting down where there was no no other alternative or something or um yeah the ps3 shutting down where there was a lot of digital only content because they were pushing that very hard um i i think the xbox live arcade will probably the be the biggest the biggest loss from that era yeah yeah
0: uh, russ uh what device yeah. would you say that people should pick up if they want to emulate these games uh for <laughs> Xbox 360 <360? laughs>
3: Uh, so it's hard because compatibility is not great with Xbox 360 emulation on PC. So Xenia is the usual like bread and butter that people will use. And compatibility is getting better. Like I remember when I first started using it, maybe six months ago, I did a whole video about like dumping your disk and then playing it on the PC and how that all works and how Xbox Live Arcade works. It's actually very easy. All you have to do is just put a, a flash drive in your Xbox 360 and then load the game onto that and then pull that off, and then put that in your computer, and then pull the file, and then you can play it on the emulator. So it's very easy when it comes to actually like offloading your own physical content. Um, but back then, like, I remember I bought Dead Rising because I wanted to try that game out, and it didn't work. Like, it would just crash. Uh, but now it works. And so uh, even in the past six months, I've seen a lot of improvements uh, with the Zinnia emulator. I have I spent a lot of money in the Xbox 360 era. This was, like, my only gaming console for most of my modern gaming. I had a Wii, but everyone did. Um, but all my games run that, mostly. And uh, I put a lot of money into Xbox Live Arcade and then physical discs, which, which I still have, um, so I'm a little bit sad about the fact of not being able to go and buy it. But if you've gone on an Xbox 360 lately and then tried to go into their store and buy something, it's like going into a time machine. Like it is a totally different experience now. And so as much as I, I miss the idea of like, oh, I'm going to lose that part of my life that I you know spent so many years in, uh, it, it really hasn't hold, held up very well. You know, I'm really more than anything. I'm just thankful that Microsoft has Kept it going uh, in terms of just being ha- having backwards compatibility. I've never really worried about oh, I bought this game and I-, I can't play it anymore. Like that's not really a thing on Microsoft. Like that's a pretty awesome experience, you know. Um, and yeah, I-, I think if anything, among the three big companies, they're probably doing it the best.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that absolutely. It's funny you talk about like loading up your Xbox 360 and it's kind of like a time machine going back. I watched this video today. It was somebody that uh Carrie you you had recommended to me. L L G M or L G T or something. L G R L G R oh, Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he games. had he had he had bought this device, and this is this is totally unrelated to, to video games or whatever, but he bought this device that was like it was a computer that had a pizza button, and you could just push <laughs> the pizza button and it would order a pizza from uh, J- Jimbo, uh, J- uh, I can't think of the pizza Jimmy place. John's, Jimmy John's. Thank you. Um, <laughs> which, I don't have one of those where I live, so I <laughs> forgot what it was. Uh, but like it just had a pizza button, and it was like he he booted it up, and it had like it had basically the cache from when that thing was last connected to the internet, and it was like all these news stories from like the early oh. 2000s. And I was just – like I was listening to it today while I was shooting B-roll for a video, and I was just like, man, that's so cool. Like going back in time and seeing this technology, which at the time was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, a pizza button on a computer, that's not super amazing, but whatever. Uh, it, it got me to click on the on the stupid thumbnail because it actually had pizza on the button. Uh, but it's just <laughs> – <laughs> it's like your 360 is a it, uh, if it's still working, load it up and go back in time for a little bit just to just to check that stuff out. All right, uh, we have a comment that came in by uh, M22. Uh, before we get there, real quick, I just want to say I've also been playing a game. Um, the I, I got a review copy from the dev, uh, Whisker Squadron Survivor. It is so cool. It's a roguelike... Star Fox game where you are playing, it's essentially Star Fox, an on rails shooter. Um, but every time you, you know, you kill enough enemies, you get like points or whatever, you earn enough points. A little thing pops up, gives you three options. Those three options are randomly generated. You pick which, you know, oh, this time I'm going to upgrade my lasers, maybe next time I'll upgrade my missiles or something. Um, super early in plays great on the Steam Deck plays. I haven't tried it on the ROG Ally yet. I was playing it on my PC on my TV over there earlier. Really, really good game. I meant to talk about that at the top of the show, but I forgot. And then another game that I just want to bring everybody's attention to, which I haven't played yet because I'm, you know, eyeballs deep in uh, uh, Baldur's Gate Three is Hammerwatch 2. For those of you that don't know what it is, it's a dungeon crawler, very similar to Gauntlet. Uh, So if you're a fan of Gauntlet, you're gonna like this, very Diablo-like as well. Uh, Almost like a twin-stick shooter version of that. Uh, And Hammerwatch 2 just came out yesterday. I didn't even know that they were making one. Uh, And I saw this when I was searching for stories today, and I was like, okay, I gotta make sure that I mention this because I love the first one so much. It's on my wish list. Look forward to a future episode where we talk about that. All right. So the comment that came in from m 22 2 they said this. Left a, oh, oh, they left a really long message. I'm going to summarize their message. Uh, but basically, I'll put the whole thing on screen so viewers can see what they said. Basically, do we play games de- uh, docked on our Steam Deck? And if so, how do we play games on on our Steam Deck docked? What docks do we use? What tips and tricks do we have for optimizing a docked experience for the Steam Deck? You know, because TVs are 4K and the Steam Deck is limited, uh, especially for somebody who's novice to PC settings. So let's break that into parts. First, what is your favorite Steam Deck or just in, in general dock these days, Kyle?
1: uh the one that i tend to go to is um my jsox m.2 dock just because it has a terabyte of extra storage in it um but I'm, i usually record on it it's an uh, Ivoler dock it's uh, just one that i got for review and uh that that's what i actually use for all my uh, videos nice uh
0: so i have the m.2 dock as well i never transfer games to the m.2 do you do that very often kyle
1: um, usually I'll just install them straight there. If it's something that I know I will want to share with somebody else, like on the couch, cause my wife watches me play games, then I'll just install it straight there. So it doesn't actually take up the internal storage.
0: That's fair. Uh, Russ, what's your, what's your dock of choice?
3: I got a ton. I also have the M.2 dock from JSOC. They send it over with, uh, uh M drive, M.2 drive inside of it that was crappy. Like it crapped out. <laughs> that oh. was funny. Because I, I was like, oh, this is a free drive. I'll use this for other things after I'm done with the video. And I, I couldn't. I, I wanted to put Botacera on it. Yeah, none of it worked. So uh, that was just kind of interesting. But anyway, uh, I do have a bunch of third party ones, but I still, I just use the Valve one uh, because it's simple. Uh, it does work with my uh, kill switch case. I have to have a little adapter that came with my kill switch case. Um, but everything works. And you know what? It, like it's the only one that, like, actually is smart like it has software updates for it when you plug it in sometimes and stuff like that and so i just feel like i haven't done like the research to be like oh is it better scaling wise and whatnot i just feel like i'm being better taken care of by using the first party one i'm like ah this is the way it's designed to be and it's enough for me where i've got i got enough choice that i'm like that's that's the one i use so that's that's the main one i use it's just the regular one
2: what about you carrie yeah same as russ i use the official valve uh, steam dock um they did send it out to me for review, but I, the main reason I use it is because uh, I get that peace of mind when I like, oh, sweet, the Steam Deck dock is updating. Update that firmware. I'm sure it did right. something good. That's going to make something <laughs> yeah. better. Uh, it just feels better. Um, but yeah, uh, I would probably say that I had noticed an issue uh, that actually the dock corrected, um, but it also could have been just Steam OS updates. As well, but um, I'm on 3.5, and I've been on there for a while, so I've been using HDR on my display out, and um, just been enjoying it that way. Awesome,
3: and so, it comes it comes with a power plug too, which is nice. You know, like it's more expensive,
1: but you do get a, a second power plug, which is great.
0: Yeah, because then you can just leave it plugged that, in.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. What were you saying, Kyle?
1: Um, I will say the main reason I don't use my uh, official dock is because my uh, my Ethernet port is broken. Um, mm-hmm. it just drops every frame. So no, I, just, I, I just, I just kind of threw it in the closet and I was like, oh, I'll deal with this some other day.
0: <laughs> so I have tons of Steam Deck docks uh, around the house and I used to use the Ivoler one the most, but I don't really dock my Steam Deck anymore. Uh, I used to have my PC over here, like underneath the table right here. Uh, but about, uh, I don't know, a month and a half ago, I moved my computer over cause, cause I have my Mac that I do all my work on and I moved my computer over underneath my TV. And since then I don't need a Steam Deck dock because my, dock, my, my dock is now I'll just play on my computer, which is more powerful than a Steam Deck anyway. So why bother hooking up a dock for me that, but yeah. I, I'm interested in, you know, hearing what you guys, uh, like to use. Now, the second part of their question what are some tips and tricks that they that we have for optimizing the docked experience if you're a novice with pc settings so what is what like what resolution do you guys tend to play at carrie
2: um so in games i always still go at very low resolution so i'll do like 540p and just upscale uh to whatever my tv's resolution is um so i'm never ever running games at any native resolution i'm just leveraging fsr2 to upscale um and that's basically all i do at, at that point you're not really worried about battery life or anything so you're just gunning it the entire way uh generally speaking you're always going to be kind of dibbling in the settings to try to maximize frame rate in any given way but you're going to be beholden to a uh, minimal resolution you're not going to be able to push uh, max res on a variety of games, especially yeah. modern games. But so older games, you'll have less of an issue where you can actually just render at that resolution. But yeah,
0: yeah. One thing I will recommend is when you go into a game before you actually launch the game, if you go into the little gear icon and then down to properties, uh, you can f- you can force a resolution before you start the game. So because there's been times where I've started a game and it's like the resolute like it doesn't fit on the screen or something because the the like it's not a problem with the steam deck it's a problem with the way that the developers made the game so to where like it i was playing it on my pc and then it remembered that i was playing at 1440p or something and then it gets messed up on my steam deck or whatever but you can go in there and under general, they've got a game resolution. You can just say exactly what resolution that you want it to set at. And you can do that on a per game basis. So that's one tip that I would say. Kyle, you got any tips for for the uh, M
1: Um. Usually I, I tend to play at 1080p. And then if the game can't reach a stable 30 or whatever I'm trying to hit, then I'll use FSR. Um, balanced or quality, nothing lower than that um i haven't had a problem where i can't reach those settings yet uh but i'm i'm a pretty advanced tinkerer so i wouldn't expect most people to uh, be able to min max the settings quite that well what about um, oh, go ahead. i mean if oh sorry uh if you uh if you just want a set and forget set it to 720p it'll scale pretty well to 1080 and perfectly to 4k that's the that's the best i can say
0: and what about you russ
3: Yeah. So I'm like the opposite of Kyle. I don't like to tinker on the Steam Deck. I want it to just play. And so I like to treat it like a handheld. It's also a console. So I have it uh, hooked up here. Actually, I just moved it away because I had to I got a new mic, as you guys might see. And so I had to put a little uh, digital audio thing here. And so it took over my space for that. But up until then, I was using the Steam Deck as like my lunch break kind of thing so I would you know I work here in the studio and I need a break sometimes and then I would play a little bit of a game and so I would just dock my Steam Deck put it in there and then play it on my screen here and I would just do 720p and just have it just kind of play at that point point. and I was more than happy with that I got a 4k screen here it's 32 inches so it's a pretty big monitor so I can kind of go back a little bit and it looks fine you know the other tip I would give though is to make sure you have a nice like docked controller experience so let me grab mine real quick
0: oh I, I'm very interested so,
3: I have the 8BitDo bit Ultimate, Uh, this is the 2.4 gigahertz one, so the $50 one, but it has a dock. I mean, you can't see it because it's over here, but basically the dock is sitting there and then I can put this thing in it and at all times it's connected to the Steam Deck dock. So it's just one USB plug. And then within the dock itself, it has a little 2.4 gigahertz dongle. And that's powered by the Steam Deck, but then also like it's connecting and charging the controller at the same time. So one USB is able to both make my connection to the Steam Deck, so I don't have to worry about Bluetooth or connecting or that stuff. It's just going to work out of the box. And then also, it's going to charge it as well. And so that's all I do is I just throw it in the dock when I'm not using it. When I do want to use it, I just pick it up and start playing. And that's, again, one of the great things about Steam OS as well as the official dock is that it all just kind of works. And so it does feel a little bit like like a um, Nintendo Switch experience, you know, and the fact that I can just kind of dock it, play it there, and then pull it off when I want to play it handheld mode. And so that's what I've been doing up until recently, just because now I don't have a space for it on this desk. Now, when I'm at home, like this, you know, the studio is not at my house. The when I'm at home, I have the ROG Ally and the XG Mobile, and so I just use that as like my docked version when I'm playing there.
0: So that controller that you were just talking about, right. I've been eyeballing that controller for a bit. I'm curious. So when I'm playing a game on my Steam Deck and I'm and I'm docked and I want to mm-hmm. bring up the quick access menu, I press the Xbox button because I'm usually I usually just use an Xbox series controller. I press the Xbox yeah. button and a and it brings up the quick access menu. What do you do on, on the on the 8-bit dough controller?
3: There There is some sort of hotkey, I think. But I never use it. I don't do any of that stuff. I just reach over and push the QAM button on my Steam Deck, which is right here on my desk. <laughs> so I have no idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? There must be some sort of I don't think it works correctly with the Xbox button and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I just push the QAM button. It's lazy. I've Googled it before because I'm like, there must be some sort of key that I can press this plus whatever. And I just can't find it. And so I just gave up. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. I can just push it on my Steam Deck.
2: Carrie, do you know what he's supposed to push? Um, yeah. So uh, there is that that circular button, which I have pressed before. Um, it is on the 8-bit 2 controller. I don't know mm. if it's the 2.4 gigger. I use Bluetooth only. Um, uh, but yeah, I have had it work um, or one of the surrounding buttons there. But yeah, I have funnily enough. That is also the controller that I use uh, in my living room whenever I I, I, ha- I keep my Steam Deck dock always connected to my living room uh, TV. And whenever I'm typically whenever I'm like reviewing a game specifically on the Steam Deck, I'll kind of bounce back and forth. And I played a good bit of Octopath Traveler. But going along with what, what Russ said, it may seem like a very it's not a high tech solution, but devoting a controller that is for the dock instead of like having something that you're trying to multitask is kind of key. And it may seem like obvious, but Having something that you can just pick up and start using when you dock the controller is so much better than like, oh, I have to pair this now. Getting into it is such a a big thing for me. So, yeah, having a controller, because it supports any, a ton of controllers, just having a controller for that experience I think is pretty key and crucial to the overall good experience. And I yeah. love
0: how much support that Valve gives to controllers that they don't make. I think that that's fantastic right, yeah. that they do that. Um speaking of controllers Russ you recently out of compulsion I think. <laughs> Picked up the Neo Geo controller. Have you messed with it yet? Is it, what's your thoughts on I, it? Because I really I want idea. that I thing. I got the
3: box. Yeah, I really want to try out the joystick because that's something I never had, like a Neo Geo CD or any of that. So I never have tried that controller before. And I'm sure it's not going to be the exact same thing, like for a purist or whatever. But I just kind of want to see what it's like, you know, that little handheld joystick thing just looks really interesting. The crazy thing is, is that's one of many 8 DO controllers I have in a stack that I need to still review. So it's like, I have so many i even bought i have i think six of these now different ultimate controllers all the various connections and then i also went and i bought there's like a 40th anniversary of the famicon uh that came out recently and so i bought that one as well it's still in its box and so uh yeah i've got a bunch of controllers i need to work on
0: he's got an entire room best customer filled yeah. with boxes <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I, I was actually talking to my 8 rep, which is funny because they rarely ever send me anything. I actually just buy them all myself. And then they'll hit me up a week later and be like, hey, we want to send you this. I'm like, I already have it, you know. But I was mentioning to them, like, my very first controller. And it was uh, it was like 10 years ago because she was, like, bragging about how long the company's been around. I'm like, yeah, I know. I've got this controller, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I've been a long time fan of their stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I have their Mega Drive controller. And their Mm -hmm. Super Nintendo, well, it's not really a Super Nintendo controller. It was a Switch controller, but it was shaped like the Super Nintendo, but it had the joysticks, uh, SM30 Pro Plus, I think. Yep. 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 And I've been, like, my main machine has, like, all of my emulation stuff set up. But every time I switch controllers, because I want to use the Super Nintendo controller with Super Nintendo games, and I want to use the Mega Drive controller with the Genesis games... I always have to reprogram it every single time. I'm not asking you to tell me how to do it right now, Russ, but Russ, is there a way <laughs> for it to remember which controller is which? Maybe. It's going to be a lot of
3: work. I mean, you have to, it's mostly going to be a RetroArch that has to do that. It, ha- yeah. it has to, do, each controller needs to have its own profile, and RetroArch needs to recognize it. And so I'm not sure if that'll work, but it should potentially work.
0: All right. Well, uh, hopefully you can figure that out when you're trying your Neo Geo controller cuz ain't none of the, your other controllers has a D button that's for sure right
2: <laughs> all right uh, 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 really quick I yeah. I, I just want to say um, um, I don't get I, I don't get paid at all by 8 though, but they make some fantastic stuff when I first tried the SN30 Pro and also their Sega Saturn D-pad they are a legit company they have gone the extra mile also all the other stuff that they sell which I totally want to buy you can actually retrofit older original controllers and make them Bluetooth. Um, they are a fantastic company. Uh, I've been a big fan of them forever. Um, and I just love their stuff. They're, they go the extra mile.
0: I've seen a lot of people complain about them and I don't know why, because every controller that I've bought from them, I have those two that I mentioned before. And then I have this weird flat one that has three D pads on it. Um, that's like supposed to like, it's flat. So it goes in your backpack really easily, but you could use it with your switch. Um, That one works great too. Like they're all, like I've never had a problem with 8-bit do uh, controllers ever. Uh, So I'm a fan. I think it has to do with, go ahead. Yeah,
1: I
3: think it has to do with just like the inherent complexity of input. You know what I mean? Like it's, they're trying to do all things for everybody with all the various controls and they can't get everything perfect, you know, depending on what device you're playing on or whatever. And so I always see that too, where there's people have complaints about one specific niche use case. And I'm like, okay. And if you get their attention, sometimes they can fix it. You know, they, they do a lot of software updates later on down the line too. So it's, it's just the fact that they try to do so much that I think they end up disappointing people too, who just, you know, are, are requesting one specific thing that maybe they can't manage.
0: All right. Well. It's the end of the show, and at the beginning of the show, I told you to watch Russ's screen so we could try and figure out what game it is. Now, before Carrie, myself, and Kyle try and guess, because I I don't know what it is either, uh, I'm going to put the music for the game on in the background so that we can hear it. Uh, if I could hit... There we go. Now, as I look at this, I feel like I know what it is, not from the view, but from the audio. I knew it-
2: Carrie? I knew what it was. I knew what it was. I want to say I knew what it was, but it looks like those are film strip holes that are going Mm -hmm. up on the side, Uh, and that was only one game. Uh, I don't. You want me to say it? Or you guys want to to, to Uh,
0: go? If you know it, go ahead. Castlevania three. Yeah. Castlevania Castlevania three. See, I I felt like it was a Castlevania game because it sounds very much like the original Castlevania, which I happen to have on my soundboard. For no particular reason, I just like it, and like I was trying to figure out how the soundboard worked, so I dropped Castlevania on here. Here's Castlevania, mm-hmm. and then here's the one that Russ just sent. I mean, Such a they. Deb- song.
3: I love the third song better, but, yeah,
0: you do like the third song better. I don't know that I ever played the third one. That's not the one that's um more RPG like, is it?
3: That's the second one, Simon's Quest. Three, Simon's yeah. Quest,
0: okay. And that was for the NES, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, all three of those. All yep. three of them, yep. okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, let
3: me stuff. let me duck down so you guys can see. Like, it'll focus on the screen, and you'll see that, yeah, you can see those film strips. Hold
0: on. Yeah, I can. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can very much see yeah. it now that he's ducked down. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That was
2: like the big, that was the big hint for me. I was like, that's from sure, Castlevania three. So <laughs> it started, I was like, I know what that is. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the thing is I picked that
3: game to show, not because of the title screen. I couldn't remember actually what it showed in if I played on a loop. Uh, it was because of that song. Like I just like, it's the first song that popped in my head and I was like, okay, what song is that from? Like I, I was just the melody that popped in my head. And then I had to kind of figure that out. And then I, yeah. And then I, I sent it over to Bill as an, an anonymous song, but
0: yeah. There you go. Well, you know, if you guys got it right, let us know in the, in the comments down below. Uh, and, uh, that does it for this episode of the Nerd Nest podcast. Uh, Russ, tell everybody what your next video is that they can, uh, check out.
3: So uh, I'll be dropping a video talking about the AYN Odin 2. That's the next Android-based device that they're working on. Uh, It's got an incredibly strong chip on it. It has the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2. Uh, And they're saying it's going to ship in December. Uh, We'll see about that. But anyway, I'll make a video that I'm basically going to talk about
0: uh, all the things that we know about it right now. Awesome. Carrie. what's your next video?
2: Uh, So my next video is up in the air, uh, but I think I might be going with, I've already recorded it. This is taking a look at AMD's uh, Zen 4 on their 7840U. And I'm taking a look at how AMD is automatically determining what are their star cores on their APUs. And then along the same lines, their driver on Windows. And there is also a uh, P-State governor that is, uh, if you take a look at like kernel email stuff, they are working on it. There's a P-State governor for Linux where... It will deterministically figure out where it needs to go uh, with regard to efficiency cores or performance cores, and this goes along with the lines of uh, AMD's new step into the same thing that Intel did with Alder Lake, where they have P and E cores. But AMD has like a foundational part of it that you can see right now, and I come and kind I of basically demonstrate that in a video. Awesome, Kyle. What's your next video, man?
1: Uh, mine's a little weird for me, but it's a uh, a buyer's guide to the steam deck in 2023 whether people might want the steam deck versus something else and uh what all of its strengths and weaknesses are compared to something like the Rogue ally
0: awesome uh, and if you guys haven't uh checked out the channel before i am bill at the nerd nest kyle is cryobyte 33 russ is retro game court and carrie is at the fox on youtube so make sure that you check out all of their channels. And uh, if it's your first time here, please subscribe. From the Nerd Nest, I'm Bill. Stay right, everybody. Bye-bye.